At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you in. It is another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm Ben Wilson filling in for our vacationing Danny Burke. We're going to talk about where Danny is at because he's in Dublin, Ireland. He's watching his alma mater, Nebraska, take on Northwestern tomorrow. We're going to get into that game as well as a whole lot more on the show today here from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, as well as the Marquee Sports Network in Chicago. Still to come. Big old dose of NFL futures, not only in the prop market, but also also the futures betting markets with both Nick Whalen and Jeff Erickson from the Rotowire Fantasy Football Show. They're going to join us here in about 15 minutes for about a half hour. Then, as we roll on, the Chicago Bears, part of some line movement for their Week 3 preseason game tomorrow. We'll get the deep dive thoughts, Bears, Browns, as well as a general season preview, as much as we've tried to avoid it and putting it off all week here. We will do it to round out the show Tonight, but as we welcome you in, it is as we just showed you. Finally, here, week zero in the college football slate beginning tomorrow across the pond, Dublin, Ireland. The Nebraska Hornhuskers taking on the Northwestern Wildcats. It's fascinating how each of the last couple of days on the show, we've had a different guest come in, give his thoughts on this specific matchup, and really the consensus was all right, this line seems to be pretty appropriately priced. However, if it gets to 14, that kind of appears to be the buy point, at least in the market, on Northwestern. Even though, look, these are two teams who only won three games a season ago, it appears to be on paper more optimism there on Nebraska to have much more of a quicker turnaround, say, than a Northwestern this season. However, something interesting happened pretty late last night, and this is a great example for those who are just kind of getting the toes wet, getting back into college football betting, or really any, any type of football betting this season in how the market can move, and it can move really, really quickly. We saw the line pretty much settling at 13.5. However, as limits started to increase, and we've gotten closer and closer now to game day, which is now less than 24 hours upon us, all of a sudden, a cascade of money coming to Northwestern finally hit the market after this thing was continually bet up from Nebraska at one point, laying 12.5 all the way up to 13.5. The line touched 14 last night. Ever since then, we're going to show you in a second where this line actually sits. It has been all one-way traffic as the betters have now piled in here on Northwestern after a pretty big early surge to the Huskers of Nebraska. In fact, right now, even at Bet Rivers, this thing is all the way down at this point to Nebraska laying 11 points. Again, in a neutral site there in Dublin, Ireland. Your total still sitting right around 51.5 or 52. That hasn't really been the mover it's been to the side. And look, I, t- I totally understand it. I was all ready to come on and say, all right, at 14, I'm ready to fire on Northwestern because look, as much as there isn't a ton to get excited about on the Northwestern side, we have to consider 
This is a Nebraska team that has gone a whole lot of changes, really wholesale changes. All but one offensive assistant was fired toward the back end of last year by Scott Frost, who enters his fifth season as head coach. And as a result, there's a lot of questions, even though there's optimism, and rightfully so, when, when you think about Nebraska and bringing in a new offensive coordinator as well as a new transfer quarterback in to replace the outgoing Adrian Martinez, it's an interesting spot to try to find immediate cohesion, especially so far away from home in a neutral site game in a very odd one-off complex playing a game against a conference foe, no less, there in Dublin, Ireland. As a result, I, I'm in a position not really ready to trust Nebraska yet, and they've come out and been pretty open about it, too, in preseason camp and workout, saying, you know what, we want to see it. And by it, they mean win a close game, something Nebraska really struggled with last year. Eight of their nine losses by a single score or less. What will the impact of Mark Whipple, that new offensive coordinator, coming over from Pitt B? What will KC Thompson look like, the new transfer quarterback in from Texas, who had pretty good numbers in 10 starts for the Longhorns a season ago, throwing 24 touchdowns in 10 games? That is a question that's tough to answer, and especially when you're laying in the double-digit range, especially to open the season, against a feisty Northwestern team who, look, while it was ugly last year, fewest points per game in the Big Ten, 12th in points allowed out of the 14 teams in the conference, they still return seven starters on offense, five on defense, and for Pat Fitzgerald now in his 17th year, has at least had some time to work under a guy who was a, a new defensive coordinator last year in Jim O'Neill. Team went from fifth in points allowed to 89th last year. I have to think for a Northwestern team that was really hampered by a lack of cohesion due to the COVID year. While that was not necessarily manifested in 2020, we really saw it play out to the extreme in 21. I have to think another year of development on the defensive side of the ball after welcoming in a new defensive coordinator will have a pretty positive impact there at Evanston for the Wildcats. In addition, you had a, basically a first-year quarterback, Ryan Halinski, the transfer from South Carolina. He was essentially a freshman last year, first season in the system for the new quarterback there in Evanston. Again, I'm imagining, even though this was a team that won just a single conference game, looked really, really ugly at times. Remember, they went to Lincoln and were absolutely blasted a season ago in a 56-7 loss on the road against the Huskers. I'm expecting more out of, out of Northwestern, maybe not necessarily long-term, but at least coming out right out of the gates, we're going to see a different Northwestern team than we saw, especially down the back half of that 2021 season when they completely fell flat on their face and had nothing left in the tank for those final few games, including that 49-point blowout loss at Nebraska. Also, Evan Hall, who was a 1,000-yard running back a season ago, you compare him with a, an offensive lineman that the Wildcats have who's probably going to be a first-round NFL draft pick, at least on Peter Skaronsky, if you believe the scouts, that's a pretty legit tandem with a really, really good elite offensive lineman and a solid running back. It's something Northwestern has gone to their roots before and really emphasized the run game. I have to think they're going to do more of the same in Dublin, Ireland. Again, you see that down to 11 on your on your spread. Look, I can't really advocate betting for it right now. This line has been all over the place. I'm going to sit back and wait. Let's see where this closing number gets to. And let's see, if you get in-game opportunities of Northwestern at 14 or higher, especially early on, say in the first quarter, that is a situation I'll be, I will at least be uh, all over in that particular spot. As for the other Big Ten team who is going to be in action, it is another team in the state of Illinois. That is uh, the Illinois Fighting Illini. And just like in this first game we're talking about, Northwestern and Nebraska, again, with the limits opening up and rising, and we've seen more serious money come in, especially over the last 24 hours, more so than at any point through the buildup once these lines were released a couple of months ago, the line movement has been really stark. It's been all one direction. And it's all on the Fighting Illini of Illinois. In some spots right now at Bet Rivers, it's Illinois minus 14, with a total holding pretty steady there at 43. Some spots up to 14 and a half at this point. And while I can certainly understand that, you have to understand, I guess you have to question at what point does it get a little bit out of hand, even though, look, this is a Wyoming team with only five returners combined, three on offense, two on defense out of the 22 on that side of the ball from a season ago. Even though Craig Bull has been an outstanding overachiever in his time at Wyoming, five of the last six years, a 500 season or better, it's hard to really see a Wyoming team being super competitive in this game. At the same time, we're looking at Illinois now. This thing opened at eight, eight and a half, nine in some spots. Was sitting pretty comfortably at 11 most of the week. And I'm of the opinion, at least, if you have missed the boat on some of these big, big line moves, especially in college football, where you see much larger line moves necessarily than in the NFL, at least most weeks in a lot of these college games, 
I'm not one to try and chase like a five, six point move, which is what we're seeing exactly here. Maybe you wait for an in-game opportunity. Maybe you try to tackle it differently and, and look perhaps for a first half type number where you can still find Illinois in that six and a half or seven range where you're at least not laying some sort of exorbitant price. Having said all that, I still am a general believer in Illinois for this year. It's become pretty obvious. And Brett Bielema, anybody close to that program, if you followed Illinois this summer, will tell you he's pretty much trying to follow the exact blueprint that we saw at Wisconsin. It's develop a really strong running game, an offensive line that's going to be physically dominant. And I would have to think, in a matchup specifically like this, where Wyoming, who's hung its hat in the linebacking core and on the defensive side of the ball the last couple years, only two returning starters on the defensive end, I find it hard to believe Wyoming will be able to match that physicality of Illinois. If you look at the offensive side, too, for Wyoming, just like we talked about in the Nebraska case where they bring in a transfer quarterback, that's the same deal for the Cowboys. However, it's not like you're bringing in a Power 5 starter from a season ago. Uh, Look, it'll be a new guy this year and a quarterback who didn't even start in his time at Utah State. Andrew Peasley, who's more of a dual-threat guy, only started in a couple of games and was more in mop-up duty in his time in Logan, Utah. This is a Wyoming team. They only averaged about 162.5 passing yards per game a season ago, 117th in all of FBS. So they're going to rely heavily on Titus Swen, who projects to be a first-team all-conference running back there in the Mountain West. But they do have to replace Zazavian Valade, their number two all-time rusher, who goes in the offseason, goes into the portal, and leaves the Laramie program, uh, heading out of Wyoming and heading to Arizona State. So the question I have, at least for Illinois, and as we just laid out, everything on paper points to this being an absolute runaway for the Fighting Illini. Remember last year as well in Week 0, they hosted Nebraska in the first ever game of the Brett Bielema era and embarrassed Scott Frost Huskers in pretty dramatic fashion, winning that game by eight points. Even though everything is on the table for a runaway for the Illini, I would say you have a new offensive coordinator. You're going to bring in a new quarterback and a transfer from Syracuse. And while there's a lot of good things to like about the fighting Illini, this could be one of those spots where if you have missed a big, big line movement, at least potentially with a slow start here, based on all the new pieces coming in for Illinois, this is actually one of those spots where you might have the opportunity to get in in game if there is a slow start here for an Illinois team that is still trying to integrate a new quarterback into its system. We'll see how the play calling works for a new OC as well. But one thing is for sure, at least for Brett Bielema, you know what you're going to get eventually out of this Illinois team. They've made it obvious with their upgrades at the offensive line position. Same thing can be said for the D-line. And I'd have to think for Illinois, look, they've had 10 straight losing years, right? The expectations have been really, really low for this program for some time. But it was a big improvement, at least in a lot of respects last year, even going 5-7 and for Bielema in, in year one, that the ceiling is pretty high, I would at least say. Maybe to not necessarily contend or compete for that Big West title, but in a, in a division that appears to be relatively wide open, a bowl appearance and a qualification for that is certainly within reach, at least I would say, for Illinois coming into this year. Does that mean I want to give up six points in line value and lay two touchdowns at home against Wyoming? Not necessarily, but you could talk me into an in-game situation if we see Illinois maybe uh, down to around 10 or 10 and a half to start things out. All I know is I'm excited to be talking about football again. Week zero, it starts bright and early tomorrow morning in Dublin, Ireland. You still have a lot more football to talk to as well. The guys from the Rotowire Fantasy Football Show will join us in studio right after this as we break down all things NFL season-long props. That's next right here on Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Both the VSIN college football and now pro football betting guides are officially out. So start your football season on the right foot with extra profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over under recommendations. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VSIN all access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. We welcome you back to Rush Hour presented by Bet River Sportsbook here from VCN, the Sports Betting Network on our Rush Hour show here on the Marquee Sports Network as well. As Vincent Ben Wilson with you once again, filling in for Danny Burke. And look who we've got here. Yeah, two. Look at this. Full studio, packed. <laughs> it, this is our Circus Sportsbook studio, for those who don't know, uh, here in Las Vegas. So it's a busy time because a lot of people are here signing up for contests, doing other sort of fantasy football stuff, which is a nice excuse for us to have people like you guys hang out. Nick Whalen, Jeff Erickson from the RotoWire uh, Fantasy Football Show. You guys are here, and you've been hanging out all week. So, welcome. Thank you for stopping by. Glad to be here. It's yeah, kinda, appreciate you having us. It's got to be weird for you, Dick, because you're a Milwaukee guy. I know you're on a show in Chicago, but you're doing it from Vegas, and so I don't really know. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's weird. always good to be in studio. We we were out here about a month ago, got to do some yeah. live shows, uh, a little bit different, you know, from the setup that I have in my home office in uh, West Dallas, Wisconsin. But uh, Look at the West yeah. Allis, West Dallas. How about yeah. see? That's... I'm sure that gets plenty of shout outs on this show. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. everybody, like half the kids I went to high school with in Milwaukee or live in Chicago now. So like West Dallas, of course, West Dallas, they, they got to know. Uh, as far as I know, you both have a bunch of season win total and NFL props you want to get to for the Chicago audience here. I know it's been it, it's sort of tough, right? Because there's really I haven't heard a single person who has at least been in, in any way bullish on the Chicago Bears team. Um, but at least on the prop side of things. And I know how the, you know, the Chicago sports fans in general, there, there's some cynicism there, especially when the team is projected to be bad. So there could be some thought of, well, maybe we don't necessarily bet against the Bears outright. We just look at some of these player season-long markets and some of the props. I know you guys have kind of looked into in the wide receiver situation there as well this year because, I mean, all signs point to, especially with no Allen Robinson, it, it being a very interesting combo of who's actually going to catch passes there for Justin Fields. And there might be ways to take advantage of that in the season-long betting markets here. Yeah, I actually like the under on Darnell Mooney yeah. uh, for his receiving yards prop. It's at 950 and a half. I know he went over that number last season, but I, I think the Bears have declined in terms of competency from 2021 to 2022. I, I think they're in contention for the least talented roster from top to bottom. I, I think this is going to be a team that really, really struggles to move the ball. And, you know, you don't want to read too much into preseason, but we've already seen that so far. I mean, their yeah. offense has really, really struggled. The first teamers when they've been out there, in the preseason and you know this is not a team with a lot of depth it's not like they have guys coming back i think it's going to be kind of a slog for the chicago bears i think that's going to be reflected in the passing numbers yeah and like as you mentioned i mean 950 and a half for a lot of offenses it's like for a number one receiver too i mean that doesn't seem like an incredible amount but you make make a really good point yeah um and it's you know i know jeff too you think about well now Allen robinson he's at least out i'm sure for the bears fans they're like this this guy's so lucky he gets out of here he's now going into a good situation that'll be really interesting to, just to see how it all works out, especially with you know quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who's been injured now basically the whole preseason. Yeah, here. absolutely. Um, you know, in the fantasy community, everybody is over the moon for Allen Robinson. Yeah. Like, he has never played with a good quarterback in his life. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Christian Hackenberg is like, oh, okay, sorry, I do not like the cone <laughs> of shame, but uh, you know, I yeah. do like a little bit of Allen Robinson on that over on, and you know, I think 
I, you know, going back to the Bears too. You know, the other thing about the Bears too that I do like is Cole Komet. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, is, if we're going to be a little bit down on Mooney, somebody's going to get some targets. Somebody's going to get some point. receptions. Yeah. I kind of like him. But that offensive line, you know, we saw all the moves the Bears made in the offseason. They look worse than what we thought they'd be, at least in terms of like I'm re- reading reports saying that the offensive line may be the worst offensive line in football, maybe one of the worst in the last five years. That it makes it an interesting position because now from the betting market and we see how a lot of these numbers have shifted uh, accordingly. The yeah. other thing, too, talking about shifts, even though the, the six and a half win total, it's pretty much been there on the Bears now all offseason. We're at a point where it's it's juiced up here. It's plus 150 if you think they go over. Uh, I know you guys are both kind of in, in the same boat on this, so start with you, Nick. How, like, what realistically do you expect? Even though, look, we've always tried to we've tried to prevent like, and kind of go against the whole idea of well, if, if everybody's on one side of a team, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, you actually see a team go the other way. But what say you on the Chicago team? You see them now minus 190 if you want to lay an under there on the six and a half. Yeah, I mean, the the minus money there is kind of telling us, I think, you know, which way to lean on this one. I'm surprised that this number is still sitting at six and a half, especially with all the negative sentiment that surrounded this team really since the beginning of the preseason. And as Jeff and I just laid out, there's just not a lot to, mm-hmm. to you know, a lot of positives, I guess, to, to point to with this team. I, I, you can look at alternate totals. You know, you can get them at under five and a half, and that's at plus money. Like that's closer to like plus 120, plus 130, depending on where you look. I mean, I, I think Chicago is very much going to be in that bottom, bottom tier of teams this year. You know, last year it was, you know, the Bears and the Lions were kind of in that same zone. To me, even though the Lions won three games last year, everything around that team is positivity. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of it is the hard knocks boost, but you know, they're a team that feels like they have pieces in place, they're moving on the way up. And Chicago, you know, you're lowballing your best remaining player, you're trading, you're trading away pieces, you're letting your best receiver walk. You have your franchise quarterback, at least in theory, in place. But I think it's really frustrating if you're a Bears fan that the Chicago Bears have not really done anything to give Justin Fields a chance now going into his second year as a starter. So even despite having a relatively easy schedule, I think the Bears are, are going to go under that six and a half pretty easily. I mean, even the easy games on that schedule, you know, they get Houston, they get Jacksonville. Those are coin flips at best this year. Look, there's really nothing you can you could pencil in. You see now in some of the spots like Bet Rivers have actually been juiced at this point down mm-hmm. to five and a half. Your long shot go. here, 14 to one up to win the division. I know at the same time, well, yes, it might be really, really difficult to see the wins uh, for the Bears. You, know, you guys mentioned a team like the Lions. And I know there's, there's got to be, especially in the fantasy community and looking at these season long props, uh, other things that you look at, uh, whether that is in Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, all three situations, while there are some question marks, certainly in Green Bay, how the wide receivers are going to fit in. I mean, Jeff, there's, there's a lot to like, A, in Minnesota with a new play caller. I'd have to think from a prop standpoint, that's going to help them, uh, at least just with some of the skill guys, as well as in Detroit, where ex- expectations are pretty high there for the offense this year. Right, and when you get a new head coach, especially for a particularly bad team like the Lions were, there's, it usually takes a year or two to clean out the rod. Usually for the coach to get his systems in place, for him to get his people in place, get the right players, I think they're getting there with Dan Campbell. I mean, I haven't met too many people that react negatively towards Campbell. Maybe that mm-hmm. initial introductory press conference where everyone was afraid they were going to bite off his kneecap. But, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. but after that, you know, you look at how hard they played. You look how creative they were last year. You look at how strong their offensive line projects to be. One of maybe the top three or four offensive lines in the NFL. I always like that. Um, I don't think Jared Goff's going to you know, carry the world, but I do think that uh, he, he's someone that can be stable at the very mm-hmm. least. I, they don't have those questions at that position. I think they take a win or two from, from both the Bears, and they may even sneak one away from the Packers at some point again. Look, we, it would make a lot of sense if that were to happen. A team that won only three games last year, but really, really uber competitive so often in that schedule. Mm-hmm. I wonder, too, you guys mentioned the Packers. So from your perspective, looking at this, how the wide receiver room is going to shake out with no Devontae Adams, who is a guy, A, you're buying in on, or, or a guy or two that maybe you're not really sold on, at least trying to figure out a new you know, relationship with Aaron Rodgers this year? Well, I mean, they have a ton of questions to answer at the receiver position, yeah. right? And I, I still do like Green Bay over 11 wins. I know that total was sitting at 10 and a half at, at some books for a while, but I think this is going to be a team that looks a lot like, you know, the 2019 Green Bay Packers or even the 2020 Green Bay Packers. Not quite last year's, you know, putting up a ton of points, throwing the ball mm-hmm. around, Aaron right. Rodgers in the 40 to 45 touchdown range. I think this is going to be a team that 
really for the first time, probably since that Super Bowl run all the way back in 2010, the defense exceeds the offense, right? And and it, for so long, it felt like they were that team that you know would, would be losing games like 39 to 37 in the in the playoffs, and the, you know the defense could just never catch up. I think the defense is going to carry the Green Bay Packers, and I think we see you know a much lower touchdown output from Aaron Rodgers. Consequently, though, I, I think we see you know Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both have really nice years. You know, I would take mm-hmm. the I would take the over on both of those yardage totals. I know Rodgers himself has said he could see both backs having 50 plus catches. Obviously, for Aaron Jones, that's what you hope and what you'd expect. But for A.J. Dillon, that's huge. So I, I would look into if you could find a reception prop from A.J. Dillon. Aaron Rodgers doesn't say things without meaning. And yeah. w- when you look at you know the, the, <laughs> of the kind of shell that's remaining of this receiving core, you can see why he thinks he's going to be you know spreading it out to those running backs. I know we've seen like at Bet Rivers even the combined the rushing and receiving props on yeah. Jones right in that 1,300 and a half range or so. Yeah. Now, look, he was at around 1,150 last year, but... You got to think this guy's role is going to be uh, nuclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know from from the actual fantasy perspective, Jeff, Romeo Dobbs, he's been getting a lot of buzz. It's like It seems like every year, you know, you get right. one or two wide receivers people are falling in love with as far as like a deep, deep sleeper. Are you buying the hype there on Dobbs this year? He's no longer a deep, deep sleeper. So he no is, longer. Right. He's, he's a mainstream sleeper that. at best, uh, <laughs> okay. you know, in terms of his sleeperness. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's a guy that now we're seeing him go around, pick 100. We're seeing him go mm-hmm. well before Christian Watson in drafts. Even in dynasty leagues that I'm in, you know, where Watson wow. is the second round pick and Dobbs is the fourth round pick, it's Dobbs that's going before, uh, you know, four or five receivers before, really? not just four or five picks. Mm-hmm. So much for, you know, keeping things under wraps. No, there is like, nothing. Yeah. There are I no get, secrets yeah. in our industry. You're kind of to blame. I mean, you're, you're giving great information and insight, so people are going to listen. And then, you know, it's kind of a domino effect. Yeah. yeah. So and, just, you know, we have this cycle every year. And, you know, yeah. whether it's Damian Pierce or whether it's Isaiah Pacheco, or Dobbs, you know, these are the guys that we like to call helium guys, and you know, Dobbs yep. is right at the top. Look, of that it's list. been it's been a boomer bust preseason for Absolutely. Dobbs. We're going to see how that translates, I don't know, to the good or to the bad into the regular season. A good discussion here on the NFC North. We'll get some other season-long props, various win totals from the guys, Nick and Jeff, when we return. Another segment of Rush Hour coming up right after this here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. As we roll on, second half of our show, it is Rush Hour presented by Bent River Sportsbook here from our Circus Sportsbook studios. I'm Ben Wilson, filling in for Danny Burke here on the Marquee Sports Network in VSIN. We still have our, our friends with us from the Roto Wire Fantasy Football Show. Uh, Nick Whalen, who you can follow at Whalen, that's W H A, the number one E N. I always had to make sure people, it's one of the most. You'd be surprised Smart. how I mean it's 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 a little bit of a mouthful to say. I think it looks good when written out. Yeah. It, it's there's not a great way to, to lay it out, it. but you nailed it. But you, I'm but his it, co-host and I butcher it regularly. See, so. okay. <laughs> yeah. Who is a much easier Twitter handle, by the way? Jeff Erickson, Jeff underscore Erickson. So, there you go. There we go. That's all. We, that's all we needed to lay it out for. So it's funny. We were just talking uh, some of these NFC North uh, general storylines coming into the year, and we looked it up during the break. Rookie of the year, Romeo Dobbs. I couldn't believe this because I haven't looked in a, in you know probably a month or so. He's 11 to 1 at Bet Rivers. It's a, he's a fifth short shot right now to win Rookie of the Year. And I know you guys have kind of identified uh, maybe a, another player, especially in a year where the rookie quarterback class is not perceived to be all that deep or that elite necessarily. There's another guy. I know you guys both kind of have your, uh, your eyes on here for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it's Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans, like, uh, a guy who until, guy until a week or two ago, a lot of people had probably never even heard of Damian Pierce. Uh, but you know this bet might be off the board by the time week one rolls around with the way that Damian Pierce is ascending uh, both in the fantasy community and, and up that uh, depth chart yeah. in Houston. And, and like you alluded to, it's just a, you know, it, part of it is Damian Pierce's look great. He looked great last night uh, in their preseason game against the Niners. But part of it is we just have a very strange rookie class. You know, for most of the last decade, there's always been somewhere between like three and five quarterbacks who get pushed up the board. At least half of those guys end up starting their first year. And you know, it's one of those things where if you, if you can start an entire season and not be a disaster, you're going to have a pretty good chance to win Rookie of the Year just by accumulating numbers. But we don't have that this year. Maybe Kenny Pickett ends up starting part of the year in Pittsburgh, but that's far from a guarantee. That's why you're seeing guys like Sky Moore at 10 to 1, George Pickens right. 10 to 1, Dobbs at 11 to 1. You know, even the six wide receivers who went in round one, 
you could argue that really none of those guys landed in a perfect situation. I think Chris Olave in New Orleans is in a good spot, but those other guys, you have either shaky quarterback play, you have pretty significant competition at the position. So for as much as we like Damian Pierce and we believe that he can be a really good player, it's kind of a process of elimination thing. And, and just by virtue of likely walking into that starting job in week right. one, if he can hold that position and he can stay healthy and put up 1,100 yards, this might be one of those years where that's all it takes to win rookie yeah. of the year. Well, and especially a market like this. It's not a, you know, it's not like MVP. It's not about it's not mm-hmm. tied to team success. So a guy like right. that, I mean, it would make a lot of sense. Down to 15, 16 to 1 uh, right. at a lot of books. And speaking of, you know, say, a skill position player like that who's going to be on a, a team we think will be really bad. I know you've got thoughts on Kyle Pitts this year who represents it's a really interesting case study in going from year one to year two. Obviously, we don't know what the quarterback situation will be like, but we saw in glimpses last year just how good this guy can be there in Atlanta. Yeah, not just glimpses. Over a 1,000 yards. One of the three tight ends last year to get over a 1,000 yards. One of the two rookies ever to get over a 1,000 yeah. yards receiving as a tight end. And you know what? He's young. He's still 21. Doesn't turn 22 until October. So think about in baseball, we do age to level a lot. We talk about that. We don't do that analysis as much as football, but it matters. Uh, when you, you, know, you compare like Kenny Pickett, for instance, you know, six years at Pittsburgh there. He, he's, uh, the, the, you know, he's uh, you know, a very mature rookie. And thus you expect him to produce right away. A guy like Pitts, when he's that young, you kind of th- think he might be a little bit more raw. I know the ding against him last year was he didn't get in the end zone. Well, that's kind of more of a Matt Ryan thing, I think, than it is a Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts thing. I don't think he's incapable of being in the uh, getting in the end zone. Um, quarterback play will be shaky again with Mariota. Desmond Ritter showed some flashes on Monday night against the Jets. That's you know pushing the call for maybe him to get some playing time earlier rather than later. We'll see what happens with that. But um, you're seeing some props with him, with Kyle Pitts. Uh, with receiving yards around 899, barely over 900 in other places. Shop around. With all right. these player of futures. Course. Huge, huge lesson there. Find your right price on that one there. Uh, I'm all over that one there. Rotowire, I think we're almost in lockstep when it comes to our opinions on Kyle Pitts. Push him up, get him. He's a generational talent. It's yeah. for real. Well, and it's funny, too, because we say, like I was saying, you know, show glimpses. And I think that was the the general thought because remember he started pretty slow last year and then as you point out like yeah. even for a guy who was expected who was your rookie of the year favorite to start last year the expectations were through the roof and yet right. even in a year that I think a lot of people perceive as a disappointment for Pitts dude still goes over a thousand yards exactly. and as you say he's he's mm-hmm. 21 I'm seeing a 68 and a half by the way on the receptions for Pitts uh, four and a half on the touchdowns those are both a little bit uh, juiced to the over here you're, you're not in the head I, I like the over on the receptions for Kyle Pitts like we, we've become a Kyle Pitts company at yes, so I'm actually contractually obligated to Roto-Wire. say tennis company the Kyle Pitts company yes. <laughs> aka the Kyle Pitts company yes, officially man. this year all right so great stuff at least on, on some of these player futures um, and, and kind of diving in where there still is some value because as, as it sounds like even though a lot of these have been bet into there's still some value here with a couple weeks uh, before the start of the season as far as specific teams here I know you guys have some additional Um, team general thoughts we want to get into. Let's start with the New Orleans Saints, who've gotten a lot of buzz here recently, especially with Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Brady's personal leave there in Tampa Bay. And and the odds have at least Mm -hmm. shifted a little bit. Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas appear to be healthy here starting the regular season. Uh, Nick, where do you stand on the Saints team heading in? Yeah, I think Jeff and I, you know, we were on my guys yesterday kind of talking about the the possibility of the Saints winning this division. I believe it was at plus 310. So you're getting significant value yeah. uh, if, if you think the Saints really have that kind of upside. But just focusing on the win total, which sits at eight and a half, this team won nine games last year with Ian Book, Trevor Simeon, and Taysom Hill starting more than half of the season. You know, and, and it was Jameis Winston in those other games. who's a, you know, a, a good, not great quarterback. Um, so that, that tells me that this is a, a super complete roster. They took some weird losses. They lost to Carolina. They lost to the Giants last year. I think they bounce back and, and probably win those types of games this season. And, you know, on paper, by virtue of playing Carolina and Atlanta, both New Orleans and the Buccaneers have relatively easy schedules when you stack them up against the rest of the league. But you know, New Orleans always finds ways to play Tampa Bay well, even in situations where the Bucks have the better roster. Uh, and specifically, if, if you're starting to kind of mosey over to that NFC South winner prop, these are the non-division opponents for Tampa Bay this season. You get Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, the Rams, Seattle, Cleveland, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and Arizona. I mean, of those, I, I think only Seattle and, and maybe Cleveland, depending on what that team looks like, those are probably the only gimmies in that schedule. Yeah. So, you know, it's New tough. Orleans, New Orleans doesn't get that first place schedule. They'll have a little bit easier road. If James Winston stays healthy and, and they have more consistent quarterback play, 
I, I really, really like that win total over. That was the the game in Carolina, right? The entire staff had COVID, right? Last yeah, year, like, it was right. early yeah. in the season. Yeah. It was like yep. twenty four nothing, like late first right. quarter. This is when we thought super... Sam Darnold was going to be the MVP. Yeah. Yes, just yes. a really were different back then. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Now that was a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a super bizarre game. Yeah, and it's, right. that's kind of why too when you're you know doing the autopsy of these team schedules, it's worth like you got to go game by game and not just look the at context. Yeah, yeah, look at what the the actual results were, not you know just what it shows on you know on the screen. And I think the Bengals represent an interesting case study in that too because there's you know kind of a veering you know, difference in opinion there where you make a Super Bowl run yet we know heading into that playoff stretch last year Zach Taylor had been pretty maligned for his play calling or lack thereof at times so interesting spot to be in now where do you stand on a, a Bengals team well, so okay this is where I'm wearing my orange and black glasses here. I am a card carrying okay. Bengals fan, one of three on the West Coast. Uh, one of three. You know, West, West Coast still hasn't adapted us yet, mm-hmm. but that, that's fine. Us. Uh, but here's what a couple of things. Uh, schedule is harder this year, without a doubt. It's a first place schedule after the bye week. It's miserable. Uh, it, it's really, really difficult. Um, they addressed, though, their, their main concern, which was that offensive line. Joe Burrow got hit more than anybody in the NFL last year. We saw those, those playoff games. We saw the Super Bowl. We saw the Tennessee game where he got sacked nine times. Uh, yet, you know, they went out and they got a new center, new uh, right guard, a new tackle. I mean, this, they did exactly what they needed to do to try to improve this team. Uh, it's also a young team on the rise. Uh, they have one guy that in Jesse Bates has just returned to the team. There's some lingering bitterness there. You, we referenced the Bears and Roquan Smith and how they're treating him. Well, mm-hmm. Jesse Bates, he's in the same boat. He didn't get his uh, – he, he's, he's playing on the franchise uh, tag. He's not happy about it, but he's there. He is still going to be able to play. Um, I think the prevailing thought for me is that this is still a team on the rise, and they're going to yeah. be able to overcome some of the obstacles in their way. It will be a harder road this time. They're not sneaking up on anybody right. this year. But at the same time, we've also dispelled this whole notion that, ah, oh, if you lose a Super Bowl, you're just, like, destined to regress the next year. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a tired narrative. And, it, again, the right. context is really important in figuring out what a team's going to look like. Um, last one I'll throw out both of you guys. Eagles, we, we buying the hype? What do we think? I'm buying the Eagles. Yeah, yeah I am. All right. Over nine and a half. Count Nick in. Give me the Eagles over nine and a half. Uh, you know, both both the Eagles and the Cowboys have relatively easy schedules just by virtue of the division rotation. But again, kind of that same case that we made for the Saints versus the Buccaneers. The Eagles didn't win the division last year. They get slightly easier opponents. It feels like they're on the way up. They made improvements to their team. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas is worse than last season. This feels like a two-team division. They should be able to clean up on the Commanders and the Giants. So, you know, if the Eagles can kind of emerge as the the number one team in that division, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a division that's probably going to take 10 wins to win. So, yeah. for me, um, you know, the combination of the schedule and the improvements that they made, that's enough. And we're seeing post-Tyron Smith injury as well. Eagles mm-hmm. down to plus 165, Cowboys plus 140. Pretty interesting to see that now. Yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge factor. If you saw the, any other games in the past two years when Smith got hurt, was a definite difference there. The big yeah. key for the Eagles, though, it's the, it's the quarterback play. It's all about yeah. whether uh, Jalen Hurts can th- actually throw the ball. They went and they got A.J. Brown just for him. So this is, and, and it seems like by all accounts, they've made that click. They've made Absolutely. that connection. Uh, Jeff Erickson, Nick Whalen, so kind to join us here on Rush Hour. Jeff, you're a Chicago guy. Went to Northwestern. Get, getting it done tomorrow? Uh, Plus 11? Down to 11. It was at 12 and a half yeah. when I first saw it. Go Cats. You? Did you move the line? Yeah, yeah I was in oh. Dublin personally in June. That's why it helped. Of course. Uh, yeah, go Cats. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks to Jeff and Nick for joining us here on Rush Hour. We'll come back. Wrap up the show. Talk some Bears preseason line movement on the other side here on VEASAN. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, hosted normally by Danny Burke, as well as in Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. We welcome you back. It's the final segment of Rush Hour here on a Friday. From our Circus Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas, I'm Ben Wilson, filling in for Danny Burke. I know Danny's going to enjoy himself tomorrow in Dublin as uh, his Nebraska Cornhuskers take on Northwestern. Big thanks as well to the rest of our crew behind the scenes here. Stephanie Kamershack, our outstanding producer, Jeremy Wengel, our technical director and Chicago native, Jeff Jens, on audio as well. Uh, It is that time where we discuss NFL preseason week three, including those Chicago Bears. You know, the Bears are 2-0 in preseason. Yet they are pretty significant dogs as we look at how the line movement here has panned out for week three of this preseason slate, taking on the Cleveland Browns. And by all accounts, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach for Cleveland, has made it uh, pretty clear that at some point or some stretch, he wants to see his ones and his new starting quarterback, at least for the first 11 games of the season, Jacoby Brissett, give it a go there on Saturday night in Cleveland. And as a result, just because of that information solely, we've seen this line go from Browns by about minus four, four and a half point favorites to now favored by five or five and a half, pretty much everywhere in the market. In addition, this total has gone up as well. Uh, right now, Bet Rivers sitting at 41 and a half. It opened uh, right around 38 in this particular spot. Uh, and so this quote from Stefanski, he said, I don't know if there's one correct way to do it. We'll just think, we'll just do what we think is best. We just felt like Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, should get some reps out there, get some snaps with the ones in a game setting. As Stefanski has said, he expects to play his starters for a decent amount of time while also wary of the risks of losing those key guys to injury, which I always am skeptical of whenever a coach just comes out and says, yeah, they'll play for a decent amount of time. Like, what does that actually mean? And as we talked about yesterday on the show, and I was a little bit skeptical of all that money Upcoming in is, is we saw the Texans game where uh, Houston, we they against San Francisco were pretty sizable dogs as a another team who's projected to be pretty bad, who has been pretty aggressive as well, though, in playing their ones. Uh, Houston came in 2-0, yet they were getting uh, quite a few points at home right in that three range last night and three and a half for the first half. What happens? They go out and blank San Francisco 17-0. Not that I think the exact thing will line up in earnest in this game here on Saturday, but Look, to me, for Chicago, a team that is, they've, they've at least shown flashes in the preseason, not that you expect any of that to carry over into the regular season. However, with what uh, new coach Matt Eberflus has said about Justin Fields, who had just the one drive in the Week 2 game against Seattle, if you go back to last Thursday, led them to a field goal, and, and we saw at least uh, you know, a decent performance as, as a backup there from Trevor Simeon, who did uh, throw a touchdown in that blowout win. I still find myself a little bit more bullish, at least if you're trying to bet and and take a shot at one of these dogs, just kind of going against this general narrative of, oh, okay, it's a better team in Cleveland who's going to play their starters presumably more than they have just automatically means that they're going to cover a five or a five and a half number for the whole game. I just don't buy it. If anything, I'd wait. See see if you get, uh, if this number keeps to climb, if it gets up to six, 
take a stab on, on the Bears in this game here in week three. We're going to probably see a little bit more of Fields, who, again, was only on, on the field for a single series in that week two outing and was 5-7, of seven, 39 yards, pretty solid um, overall. And, uh, again, we don't know for sure how long he's going to go, but at least they are expected to play at least as of our latest report here coming on Friday, Fields with the rest of the ones on offense expected to play most of the first half, both the offense and the defense. So with that all being said, and, and considering that at least by preseason standards where you get some really, really bad quarterback play, Trevor Simeon will be out there for most of the second half. I, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction here to move Cleveland to this high of a favorite up to five or even five and a half. Now, with that out of the way, we transition here to some of our overall season-long thoughts on the Chicago Bears, and, and it's tough because you look at where, if you, you base things on pro football focus and some of their position-by-position breakdowns here in the rankings, uh, it's not very pretty. I mean, you look at the Bears on offense, offensive line, 31st, wide receiver room, 32nd. Again, there's only 32 teams in the National Football League. Running back room, 16th, not led by David Montgomery, but you don't really know what you're going to get uh, past him or, or a guy like a Khalil Herbert. It's just it's hard to see a whole lot of depth, too, in the running back room as well. And on the defensive side of the ball, 31st on the defensive line, 18th in the linebacker room, and then 31st in the defensive backfield with that secondary. And when you add in, I know we were just talking earlier with Nick and Jeff when they joined us in studio here, uh, with Ron Smith, even though he's going to be out there and suiting up, you have to just wonder, though, it's got to be a frustrating situation. And he, he as much came out and said that it was very distasteful, to say the least. That was the exact quote from Rokron Smith as the contract talks with Smith and his camp and the Bears really didn't get anywhere this summer. And so while he did end his holdout, and while he is going to play out the final year of his rookie deal, that's kind of the one piece anchoring what is projected to at least be the best part of the unit on defense here, that 18th-ranked linebacker room, at least at pro football focus. And so even though the schedule, as you look here, is not all that daunting, at least if you're just basing this on raw projected win totals for the opposition, it's the fourth easiest strength of schedule in the National Football League. And they also have a pretty favorable amount of rest edges compared to their opponents. Seventh easiest out of the 32 teams where, again, and on those rest edges you're comparing, like let's say if a team is coming off a of Monday night football on a short week and you as a team are coming off a of bye week, you'd have an eight-day rest edge. Bears composite on the season have a seven-day rest edge overall on their opponents. But with that all being out of the way, and at least being accounted for, it's still hard to see how the personnel necessarily will make up for even some of those baked-in advantages in both the schedule and the rest that they're going to have. I mean, David Montgomery and, and like the, the combination like of Montgomery and of Herbert, and you also throw in Justin Fields as well, presumably able to make some sort of jump in development, even without much of an offensive line right in front of him, even without much of a receiving core to really rely on, as we discussed earlier in the show, Darnell Mooney at 950 and a half on the receiving yards, that has certainly taken some action there to the under. You have to think, the, the way forward for this Bears team, if they are going to get to that win total, and if they are going to win seven games, which it feels kind of like a reach, you're going to have to get a big rushing performance out of fields this year, as well as the couple of guys. I mean, Montgomery does rank in the 76th percentile among all qualifying backs as far as missed tackles forced per rushing attempt. Uh, he's been 85th percentile among the running backs as far as missed tackles per reception, if you look at his numbers through the first three NFL seasons. And Khalil Herbert had the best pro football focus rushing grade of all rookies a season ago who had at least 100 carries. So, look, if it's me, and you see how now, in some of the books, and Bet Rivers is uh, like this as well, they've gone down to 5.5 with all that money coming into the under, where your alternate win total now is moved to the six and a half on the overside or the four and a half if you want to get uh, the plus money betting the underside. With all that being said, while like I'm not in no way am I feeling like the Justin Fields uh, era is basically over before it even begins. And as we talked about on the show yesterday, for a rookie head coach in Matt Eberflus who did really, really good things in his four seasons in Indianapolis, where that defense averaged about 11 and a half out of the 32 teams on defensive DVOA over his four seasons. I expect long-term there to be some bright spots and to, to be some improvement. What's tough is you're asking this Bears team to come in right away and show improvement, which I just don't really think we'll get a lot of given all the holes in the rest of the roster. When you have bottom, not only like bottom 10 or bottom five, we're talking bottom three units in offensive line, defensive line, secondary, and wide receiver. At a certain point, it becomes a little bit insurmountable. And when you have a division where Minnesota projects to be better, where the Detroit Lions 
project to be improved. How improved will they actually be? It's it's hard really to say, but at least maybe threatening to be a 500 team with their win total now heavily juiced to the over at six and a half. And then a Green Bay team who, even though there's a lot of transition there with a leading wide receiver in Devontae Adams leaving, it's still a really difficult division to see the Bears, especially in that six-game mix, winning more, say, than like two games. And if you look at a lot of the projections as well, even a Bears division win total under about two would make a lot of sense as well if you can find those in the markets, of which there are many uh, markets out there available, including at Bet Rivers. So, look, long term, not really a buyer in uh, Chicago, and I know I'm not the first or the last person who will say that in this offseason, uh, at least for the Bears. I, but I do like the way for Matt Eberflus as a first-year coach, understanding that he's behind the eight ball. He's at least come out, has been, has tried to be as aggressive as he can with the personnel that he has behind him, which isn't a whole lot. However, at least for the preseason and this game where they're five, five and a half point dogs, I'd expect a frisky performance out of the Chicago Bears there tomorrow night in Cleveland. Uh, as far as the other games uh, getting set to start, the one in uh, just a few minutes, Buffalo and Carolina. Panthers now anywhere from five and a half to six point favorites as the Bills are presumably expected uh, to sit all of their guys. As far as the Major League Baseball slate, yeah, big series for the White Sox. They finally got a, like a, couple, a couple of uh, wins at least this week, even though fell in extra innings yesterday against the Orioles. What will we get out of them uh, at home today against a really struggling, bad Arizona team? I don't know, but Johnny Cueto, it's a little surprising to see him against uh, a, a youngster in Tommy Henry, the young rookie lefty for Arizona, only laying, at least at this point, at Bet Rivers, $1.67. I guess that tells you all you need to know about the current state of the White Sox. Nobody's willing to, uh, to buy in there on the Sox. And as far as the Chicago Cubs on the road today, taking on the Milwaukee Brewers for a weekend series, hey, Jason Steele's been pretty good. That's all I'll say. Uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, is about, at this point, dollar forty underdogs in Milwaukee against the Brewers. Big thanks to everybody making this show possible, including our producer, Stephanie Kamershack. As we say so long, I'm Ben Wilson. It's been another edition of Rush Hour right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 